Rusty Quill presents. Hello, this is IMS, the author of the program audio series. This episode was a lot of fun to make. It was recorded two weeks before the 2020 pandemic hit North America, so we had a lovely time doing it in person, and even ordered two extra large pizzas for everyone. In case you'd like to reimburse us for the pizzas, you can find ways to do so at programaudioseries.com slash support. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Today, we present an episode of an old talk show broadcast a few years before the launch of the program. Originally aired locally somewhere deep in the North American continent, 
To this day, there is no consensus if it's authentic or simply an elaborate hoax. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to our show. I'm Max Musterman. And I'm Carrie Nordman. And this is Pascal's Wager, a show about philosophy, psychology, sociology, and everything that makes us human. Which is a fancy way of saying we ramble on about any topic that crosses our mind for 45 minutes. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not rambling. I mean, is that really the best pitch? Anything that makes us human? Mm. You could literally describe anything that way. <laughs> We've been doing the show for five years, and now you voice your objections over our tagline? We have a special guest with us in the studio tonight, Carrie. Do you want to introduce him? I do, but we first need to make a short community announcement. Mrs. Wheeler, who you may know from the downtown hardware store, her cat, Chairman Meow, got lost. Chairman Meow is a brown tabby wearing a red collar. If you see him, give us a shout-out and we'll alert Mrs. Wheeler. And now, on to our guest. Following a communist cat. The guest on Pascal's Wager tonight is John Smith. And he was born in our little town, but moved to the city for his studies. Hello, Carrie. Uh, hello, Max. Uh, actually, I'm uh, not with the university anymore. Well, there you go. First minute of the interview, and we already screwed something up. Uh, well, if it makes you feel any better, until just a few months ago, I was studying at the university. A double major in physics and computer science, but I decided to drop out and devote myself full-time on a venture of my own. Hmm, a venture, eh? Does this mean you've invented something? Well, it's it's not an invention, really. Um, I prefer the word discovery. Why so? Uh, I guess it boils down uh, to another question. Um, was mathematics invented or was it discovered? I, for one, would say mathematics is something objective that exists irrespective of our awareness of it. So you're saying that the thing you discovered also existed before we became aware of it? And apparently it's the same category of human achievements as mathematics. <laughs> well, uh, potentially correct on uh, both accounts. So what is it? I discovered an algorithm that foresees the future. Oh, for the stock market? The stock market? Yeah, you created a bot that helps determine which shares to buy and sell. Uh, uh, no, uh, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Um, what I made is an algorithm uh, that predicts what's going to come up. Oh, like predictive text on our phone? No, <laughs> nothing like that. Um, the algorithm knows what's going to happen before it happens. Oh, so it's like my mother-in-law then. My algorithm is nothing like your mother-in-law. My algorithm sees into the future. Are you saying you can see the future? Well, not exactly see it, but in effect, that is correct. I can tell you what will happen. So you can forecast historical events? Not quite historical events. Um, I can only foresee what is going to happen with individual users. Individual users? Yes, individuals like you, me, Max, anyone really. Mm, so I don't suppose there's a way to prove your claims, is there? <laughs> Of course, I didn't expect you to believe me on my word alone. Uh, th th that's why I brought my laptop with me. Uh, what's your studio's Wi-Fi password? Um, I don't know. Let me see if our producer knows. Hang on. Hey, Natasha, do you know? I have no idea. Natasha Petrova, ladies and gentlemen, our producer extraordinaire. That's actually our Wi-Fi password. I have no idea. All caps, no spaces. <laughs> this is why you never do a live demo. <laughs> or a live show. So... 
you see the future and you couldn't have foreseen this. I never said I was clairvoyant. I, I have to specifically check a particular instance of what's going to happen. Uh, for example, uh, I can vocalize the words you're going to say and play them back to you before you actually say them. What? What do you mean? Uh, give me a moment and I'll show you. Okay, so I set a 400 millisecond head start for whatever you'll be saying next. What this means is that whatever the two of you utter next is going to be heard from the laptop speakers just a bit before you say it. The effect will start after I confirm the command. Uh, are, are you ready? Yes. Go for it. Okay, start. So, so I should, I go, should first? go first? Holy moly, this, this is, is, this is crazy. crazy. Carrie, you, you say you something. Say something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god, god this, this is... This, is, this incredible. is incredible. It's like, it's like the echo, the echo you, hear you hear all along this calls, calls, but kind of, kind of reversed. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like my, my thoughts, thoughts have a shadow, shadow but one that, one that is cast, cast in front of me, so, me, so I, can I can see it. it. I, feel like I feel like I should try, try to trick, trick it somehow. somehow. Like, I like I should stop, stop talking, talking and then suddenly start again. Please turn this off. Okay, I'm turning it off now. Hello? Test. Test. Okay, so how did you do that? As I said, I, I can read what you're going to do right here in the code. May I see? Sure. This looks like computer code. That's exactly what I just said. <laughs> it's a computer code that simulates reality before it actually happens. Wait, wait. Are you implying the future is set on a strictly defined path that can be computed? Of course. I mean, computers follow the same principle everything else in nature does. It all comes down to if, then. If, then? If this happens, then that happens. Meaning, if you know how one atom moves, you know how it influences another one, and another one, and another one. All you really need to simulate the future is to simulate enough atoms. John, what you're describing is Laplace's demon. Whose demon? Pierre-Simon Laplace. He was a French philosopher. He imagined an intellect which would know all the forces that set nature in motion and which could, in theory, calculate the movements of all the bodies in the entire universe. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it in one of our previous shows, right, Carrie? You said that for such an intellect, nothing would be uncertain and the future would be present before its eyes, just like the past. How funny you say that. Uh in software, a daemon is a computer program that runs as a background process, which is to say that it is not under direct control of the user. So you're saying Laplace's daemon is real? Oh, it's real, all right. It's called physics. But physics is inherently random. I mean, we cannot even predict whether it's going to rain tomorrow, let alone foresee events at the quantum level. Well, have you ever considered that we aren't able to predict such perfectly natural phenomena simply because we don't yet have the appropriate tools? Or I should say, we, we didn't have them. John, do you have any notion of the Pandora's box of philosophical questions this opens? Uh, actually, Carrie, we have a caller waiting on the line, so why don't we hear these philosophical questions directly from our listeners? Mm. Hello? Can you hear me? Indeed we can. You're on the air. Could we have your name, please? Uh, th this is Maria speaking. Maria? The wife of Juan Perez, who runs the bar at Warden Street? Yes. That's how most people know me, as Juan's wife. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean anything by it. I just sometimes go for trivia nights there, so I remembered. It's okay. 
And it is accurate to say that Juan has always been the social one in our relationship. <laughs> I'm the sort of person who says things like, I like long walks in nature, unironically. Hey, there's nothing wrong with long walks. Well, that may be true, but an exciting life it does not make. But I didn't call you today to complain about how boring I am. First of all, I want to congratulate you on a great show and John on his incredible invention. Actually, it's more of a discovery. Well, however you want to call it, it's great. So, Maria, what's your question for John Smith? Well, what I'd like to know is the following. I've been having this suspicion for some time now that Juan... Well, that he's not being honest with me. That he's been going behind my back. You think your husband is cheating on you? Well, is he? That's precisely what I'd like to know. Your gizmo can look ahead, and I presume this becomes known in the future, whether my husband is having an affair or not. So I'd like you to take a look and tell me. Sure. I can do that easily. What's your name? Maria. I need the full name. I was born as Maria Rossi. All right. Maria, maiden name Rossi. Uh, let me l just look you up in the simulation here. And... Oh. What? I'm afraid your suspicion was warranted. Your husband is having an affair. Oh, my. That's... That's not easy to hear. Can you tell me when I find out about it? Well... Now? I mean, without you. <laughs> but I am here. I I've always been here. <laughs> It's not like I'm interrupting anything. What do you mean you're not interrupting? If it weren't for you, Maria wouldn't have known of her husband's infidelity. But what you're saying is tautological. It's like saying if it weren't for the iceberg, the Titanic wouldn't have sunk. Yes, you, you're technically correct. But it, you're not saying any kind of profound truth. The iceberg was there. So you're the iceberg in this scenario? Well, maybe it's not the best metaphor. Well, I think we should stop talking about catastrophes and let Maria go on about her day. Agreed. Sorry, Maria, that we didn't have better news for you. Have you ever heard of a kind lie, John? Why would I lie? Lying won't change anything. I, I mean, if you found out that Laplace's demon is real and it exists, wouldn't you prefer it were honest? The definition of wisdom is to know which truths to say and which ones to omit. Doesn't that negate the whole idea of truth? Well, what I'd love to hear is a little bit more about how you came up with this. Where were you when that uh, proverbial lightning struck? Uh, well, it, it, it all started with a blind date. My roommate set me up with his friend, and I haven't been on a date, let's just say, in a while. Uh, I have to admit, I, I didn't socialize a lot at uni, but, but was spending most of my time developing for the E-Wave. Uh, E-Wave? That's the quantum computer the university got last year. I, I only had one slot at the machine every six weeks. So in between, I was devising and refining an algorithm that could calculate probability outcomes. Trying to do what exactly? The algorithm's goal was to simulate throwing dice. If quantum computers are good at anything, it's at hacking and simulations. I mean, it makes sense to simulate quantum physics with actual quantum physics. Sounds reasonable. But then I found out about the blind date, and I had an idea. What if I could simulate the date before it actually happened? And in a bolt of inspiration, I completely rewrote in five days what I've been working on for five months. Once I had a chance to actually test the redesigned algorithm, not only could it simulate throwing dice, 
but he was able to simulate any event before it actually happened. So I named it the Blue Algorithm. Patent pending. Uh, why Blue Algorithm? The, the name is of no importance. Well then, allow me to ask something of the utmost importance. I mean, all of our listeners are definitely curious. So, how did the date go? <laughs> I haven't gone. I was so exhausted, I spent the weekend sleeping. And now for the real question. I still don't understand exactly how this tech works. Well, um, the main principle is similar to a search engine. Just like a web crawler, the blue algorithm indexes the entire reality and broadly caches what is going to happen. Then, when a specific instance is looked up, it simulates that particular action in full detail. Wow, that's fascinating. A fun fact, the first version was only able to simulate the future up to three seconds in advance. But by version four, it was already simulating months. I'm at version 6.2 now, and it's able to simulate up to 50 years in the future. So you're developing this technology alone? Yes, uh, I've been a, a lone hacker uh, ever since I can remember. And what's your goal? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> I'm proud to announce the exciting next step for the Blue Algorithm. Beginning next week, the Blue Algorithm will become available worldwide. Arriving in the form of a responsive website, it will allow anyone to look up their future anywhere, anytime. Uh, let me check if I understand this correctly. You're going to commercialize an exploit of reality? I... I don't think commercialization is the right word. Oh, so it's going to be free, then? Well, not exactly. Uh, there are operating costs to cover. <laughs> Quantum computing is expensive. So how are you going to monetize? I plan to sell ads. I, I mean, it should be easy <laughs> with knowing what people will buy. <laughs> John, why are you with us in the studio and not on a yacht made of cocaine? <laughs> uh, true. Why didn't you simply sell the algorithm? Uh, two reasons. A- I'm not interested in money. And B, I looked into the future and saw I haven't done it. But B is probably precisely because I'm the kind of person who thinks like A. <laughs> uh, guys, we have another listener waiting on the line. Thank you, Natasha. Let's hear from them. Hello, you're on the air. Um, hello, uh, this is Pierre. Tremblay? <laughs> well, hello, Pierre, you old dog. I haven't seen you in ages. Pierre and I went to the same high school together. You went to it. I was mostly hiding behind it smoking cigarettes. Yeah, you were a Marlboro man from the very earliest of ages. Still working as a cowboy, are you? Yeah, still working on the farm. Continuing the family tradition. So, what do you think of John's invention? A discovery. Oh, it's amazing. And to be frank, I was hoping I could make use of it as well. Sure need some advice right now. Hmm, what's up, Pierre? Well, I had health problems for some time now. Last month, I finally went on a physical and had a CT scan. Seems being a Marlboro man caught up with me. I have lung cancer. Oh, no. Pierre, why didn't you say so? It's not something I want to burden others with. I've only told Jane. She's my fiancé now. Jane and you got engaged? I had no idea. I'm telling you, that woman is a saint. She's been my rock. Yeah, you're blessed to have somebody by your side. Jane's the best. Which is exactly why this cancer business rattled me that much. The thought of our time together being cut short is too much to bear. Yeah, what are the doctors saying? Last month I started therapy, but it could go either way. My chances are pretty much 50-50. Which brings me to my question for Mr. Smith. Which 50 is going to be mine? Now, that's a heavy question. A question like that is probably something you don't want a categorical answer to. 
Okay, so you said uh, Pierre Tremblay, right? I found you in the simulation, and I have good news and bad news. Which do you want first? I mean, do I even have a choice? I thought that was the whole message here. Right, so I'll give you the bad news first. Ready? As ready as I'll ever be, I suppose. The bad news is that you will die. No. The good news is that it will be many, many years from now. I mean, we all will. In fact, when you use the blue algorithm, that's the thing that strikes you the most. You realize that all of us are already dead. We're just waiting for our turn. Oh. Wow. Uh, that's, that's such a wonderful thing to hear, Mr. Smith. Uh, not the all of us being already dead part, but the fact that I get better definitely is. I'm so incredibly glad for you, Pierre. Thank you. I, you know, I have to confess, ever since I found out my prognosis, I... I've been engulfed in some pretty black, bleak thoughts. I've even caught myself thinking, wow, well, this, this is difficult to even admit now, but I was contemplating the easy way out. Oh, please no, don't do no. anything rash, Pierre, please. Don't worry, I haven't done anything, obviously. Uh, but it's fascinating, really, how much time I've spent staring at my gun locker since I've learned about my illness. It had this strange effect on me, pulling me like a... Almost like a, a magnet. Well, in that case, why don't you get rid of that arsenal of yours for the time being, would you? You know, just to be on the safe side, you're going through a roller coaster of emotions. It might be better to disassociate yourself from weapons until the storm has passed. Yeah, yeah, that's probably smart. I'll make sure I do so. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Mr. Smith. This, this has been very helpful. Cheers. Cheers, Pierre, and cheers to your fiancé. Yes, uh, send my love to Jean, would you? Sure thing, Max. You gotta come to our place for dinner. So tell me, John, are you purposely trying to be a dickhead, or does that just come naturally to you? What do you mean? This one went well. Yeah, well, maybe so, but did you have to break the news to Pierre like that? Bad news is that you will die. Oh, that. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, you see, when you can tell the future, it's easy to forget how it feels to be surprised about something. <laughs> but seriously, John, let's talk about this a bit more. What's his deal about not being able to change one's future? See, that's what I'm having an issue with. I mean, surely it should be possible to change the future once you hear what's going to happen. For example, you tell me I'm going to raise my left hand. Can't I just do the opposite and raise my right hand instead? You can't. Since your awareness of the fact I told you what will happen will simply be one more input in the chain of events. Uh, an input that the demon, if that's what we choose to call it, already accounted for when making the prediction. So if I asked you if I will raise my left hand or my right hand, what would you tell me? I would tell you that if I say you will raise your right hand, you will raise your left hand. And if I say you will raise your left hand, you will raise your right hand. Or, uh, to borrow the, the demon metaphor again, the best demon would simply answer, you intend to do the opposite of whatever I tell you. Either case, your future is set. John, I don't like the limitation of what you're saying implies. Are you aware you are undermining the very concept of free will? Free will? Yes. Freedom to make choices in life. I don't understand what you mean by choices. Were you free to choose your height? Your parents? <laughs> From where I'm standing, the blue algorithm changes nothing. The only thing this tech does is uncover what has so far been hidden from us. And how can knowledge ever be worse than the alternative? Knowledge is neither inherently good nor bad. It's what people do with it that counts. But that's just the thing. People overestimate how much doing they actually do. I mean, when was the last time you've made a decision about your life? Uh, if I may jump in for a moment, 
I've made a huge decision, the one to move to Canada. I used to live in Russia till I was 25. And how did you end up here? Uh, well, I applied for PR, which is a permanent residentship in Canada and Australia. Well, guess who processed me first? Which goes to prove my point. I mean, when you think about it, were you the one who made the decision to move to Canada? Or has Canada made the decision for you when it admitted you before Australia? But if what you're saying is true, then we don't have control over our own lives. Then we are just... just characters in a play. I guess this would make this a radio drama. <laughs> I, I honestly don't understand why you were so bothered by this limitation of reality. And you're not bothered that gravity makes it impossible for you to fly. Oh, because in the second case, we are talking about a physical limitation. From where I'm standing, in both cases, the limitation is physical. I mean... What are thoughts but a bunch of neurons moving in synchronized patterns? Are you suggesting neurons are not bound to the laws of physics? Guys, as much as I'd love to get ontological again, we have a new caller. So, could we hear from another listener now? John? Uh, absolutely. My pleasure. And hopefully for the listeners too. Hello? Did I get through? Yes, sir. We hear you loud and clear in the studio. My name is Juan Perez. And I'm a bar owner. I'm also the husband of Maria Rossi. Oh, you're the gentleman with the affair. Yeah, nice work ratting me out. I apologize, Mr. Perez. The show is taped live. There's no way we could have predicted what was going to happen. <laughs> well, I guess there is a way, but uh, we hadn't known that at the moment. Either case, the horse is out of the barn now. Anyway, I did not call you to lament. I know why what happened happened, and I don't need to explain myself to you. Oh, so why are you calling then, Mr. Perez? I'm calling you have now caused me a great dilemma. Now that Maria knows her future, I need to know my future as well, don't I? I mean, we need to have information parity here, or I'm at a disadvantage. Certainly, Juan. I can check your future for you. You just need to tell me which aspect you'd like me to look up, and I can run the query. Well, I'm specifically interested to hear how my life with my lover is going to be. Is our relationship going to be... Is it going to be... I don't know, I guess fulfilling is the right word. Well, that that is kind of subjective, wouldn't you agree? I, I, all I see here are facts. I, I don't have any insights into your emotional state. Just tell me what's going to happen. Certainly, sir. Um... Well, uh, what I can tell you is that you and your lover will separate in an antagonistic manner. So, so I'd venture to say that fulfilling isn't the adjective you'd likely use to describe the relationship. That just cannot be. She understands me. We would never split up like that, especially not now, after I left my wife to be with her. I I'm not making a judgment of you or your relationship. I am merely stating the facts. I'm telling you. Your facts are false, and I will prove you wrong. Mr. Perez, Juan, listen. Even if the prediction turns out to be true, you will leave because one reason and one reason alone. Because you are unhappy. Carrie's right. Breaking up doesn't mean you failed. In fact, two people staying together when they shouldn't is a much bigger failure in my book, and I'm sure you understand that in your current position with Maria. I guess you're right. 
It's not like I haven't tried explaining to my wife about the difficulties in our relationship. But when your grievances fall on deaf ears, you feel more lonely than actually being alone. Uh, I understand what you're saying, Juan. This has been a long time brewing. And you know what? Perhaps it's for the better. Thank you. You're welcome. Was that better than the last time? Well, I guess it depends on your definition of better. The bar had been set pretty low. I, for one, don't have much sympathy for the guy. He is cheating on his wife, after all. I mean, his ex-wife. I mean, future ex-wife. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It does open an interesting question of moral responsibility in light of this invention. Discovery. I mean, think about what this means for morality. If we are not in control of our actions, there can be no moral consequences. After all... It's not my fault that I stole my neighbor's car if that was my fate all along. Not necessarily. In a way, nothing changes. You will still get punished because that's what our moral compass tells us is right. You could say we are no more free to not punish the thief than the thief wasn't free to not steal the car. But what does this mean for personal liability? Let's talk about a more extreme case. Imagine you learn that your neighbor is going to murder you, so you decide to kill them first. Are we talking about uh, legitimate self-defense in this case? That's, uh, that, that, that's a good question. What we need are good answers, because these are the situations you will have to deal with once you launch your app. Look, I, I am aware that, that, that in, in a limited number of cases, people might find their future disturbing. But, but luckily, there's an easy fix for that. An easy fix? Moderation. Oh, you mean... Uh, using your app in moderation. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> moderation as in moderators. Uh, the, the Blue Algorithm app will employ a team of moderators, ensuring all sensitive content is promptly removed and creating a safe and welcoming environment for all. Honestly, this sounds more like you're trying to waive responsibility rather than grapple with it. But, but that's just the thing. We're not responsible. I told you, the Blue Algorithm does not determine your future. The only thing it lets you do is see it. The app is just a platform. But how do you think the authorities are gonna to react to the fact that you know what your users are gonna do? For example, if you know someone will shoot a bunch of kids, shouldn't the authorities preemptively arrest them? That, that just won't come up as a possibility. I, I can personally assure our users that all their information is going to be encrypted and governmental agencies will have absolutely no access to it. Okay, cats. we have another call. So perhaps we could ask the caller for her opinion on distorting topics. Absolutely, Natasha. Hello? Who do we have with us tonight? Hello, this is Jane. Jane? Uh, Jane Doe? Pierre's Jane? Yes, Pierre's Jane. Hi, Max. Guys, this is Jane, Pierre's fiance. Well, isn't this a coincidence? But I guess uh, our guest tonight would say there are no coincidences. Good evening, Jane. <laughs> So, what have you been up to, Jen? Nothing much. I've been working as a waitress for the last year, and, and taking care of Pierre since the, the prognosis. Mm. Let me say, Jane, I think the way that you have stood by Pierre during his illness is admirable. I'm glad the Blue Algorithm had good news for you, too. Actually, that's why I'm calling you. I have to ask the Blue Algorithm something myself. What is it, Jane? actually very hard to ask. Okay, so I'm just going to say it. Should I leave Pierre? What? Come again? Well, I, I don't feel I'm in love with him. Don't get me wrong. 
I do love him, but more as someone who is very near and dear to me, you know? This is how I felt about him right from the start. He just has that aura of a, of a friendly person, as you can surely attest to yourself, Max, with how long you guys have been friends. And then his illness appeared, and I felt like, like I'd be the worst person in the world if I left him. Jane, you are being very brave. Thank you for your sincerity and courage. And luckily for you, Jane Doe, your dilemmas are going to be resolved in an instant. <laughs> uh, let me just uh, run a quick query through the blue algorithm. John, may I? John, may I have just a quick word with Jane first? By all means. Jane, you don't need the blue algorithm to tell you whether to stay with Pierre or not. You know what the answer to your question is. And even if you don't know it, you can feel it. We don't need a program to tell us our future. We are our own future. I guess you're right. You know I am. You feel I am. I do. And I know what I have to do. I have to swallow the pill and make the tough decision. No matter how painful it's going to be. I just wanted John's machine to give me strength, that's all. Of course, Jane. And I guess John's algorithm is useful in that regard. It can give us courage to think of all the possibilities ourselves. And then let us do the one we know is true, no matter how hard it is. Uh, guys, while you were talking, I found Jane Doe and Pierre Tremblay in the simulation, and the answer is no, Jane. You shouldn't leave Pierre. You stay together. What? I, I see your entire future with him right here. You decide to settle and marry Pierre. Um, in the months after the wedding, you are still restless if you've made the right decision. But then you have kids. <laughs> Twins, in fact. You die in old age with devastated Pierre singing to you gently at your bedside. He loved you more than you will ever know. But that can't be. This must be some kind of mistake. Uh, I'm afraid the blue algorithm doesn't make mistakes. Well, I'm telling you this just is not possible. You see, I... I'm already with someone else. What? I'm seeing someone who's not Pierre. He owns a bar where I work, and that person just left his wife for me. Oh, Jane, are you talking... are you talking about Juan? Jesus, did I move to Santa Barbara? I'm so sorry. Believe me, falling for another man was never my intention. But... but I have... I mean, you keep talking about all of us having an immutable destiny. Juan and I didn't choose to fall in love, so please, please don't blame us for it. I'm not applying any moral judgment whatsoever. I'm simply obliged to repeat to you what I already told Juan, that the future of your relationship is unfortunately, um, inauspicious. This will become apparent to you, and you will stay with Pierre. This... this is bullshit. Before you asked, John, that one wasn't better. Well, she did get an answer to her dilemma. But how can we know that if we'll never see what would have happened in an alternative scenario? There you go with alternatives again. I'm telling you, there are no alternatives. This is exactly why this tech has such a potential to do good. It can free us from our illusions. It can do away with the tyranny of choice. Imagine all the anxiety turned into relief when we finally understand that no matter what we do, everything is gonna turn out just the way it was always supposed to. The blue algorithm will at long last allow us to simply relax 
and enjoy life. I'd say that the psychological effect of knowing your future is fixed would trigger exactly the opposite emotional reaction. It would lead to hopelessness and depression, especially in young people. Just imagine being a teenager and seeing your classmates having bright futures while yours is not what you had hoped for. Wouldn't you be dejected? See, I'd argue the reality check provided by the blue algorithm would do more good than harm. I mean, we already have the majority of teens not growing up to become influencers and streamers. Are you suggesting all of them are emotionally scarred for it? <laughs> but there's a qualitative difference between this realization settling in gradually over time and learning your dreams got cancelled. At least as you age, new dreams take the place of the old, and someone doesn't just steal them all overnight. Steal them? Ladies, uh. ladies. We've got another caller. Well, it's actually the same caller. Pierre is calling us back again. Oh, shit. He must have heard Jane saying all of that. <sighs> let me take his call. He's my friend, after all. Natasha, let him through. Hello? Hello, Pierre. So, Pierre, I trust you've been listening to the show? Indeed I have. Let me tell you, I'm glad you told me to get rid of my guns. Oh, Pierre, don't say that. You're the ones who keep repeating the importance of honesty. The honest truth is that who knows what I would have done if I hadn't just tossed my entire gun collection over the bridge. But when you think about it, ultimately it's all good news. First, you'll beat cancer, and then you and your love will grow old together. She doesn't have an alternative. Oh, mate, don't look at it that way. She did have an alternative, whether to stay with you while you had cancer. Well, technically speaking, I still have cancer. Well, you know what I mean. Jane decided to stay with you while she still hadn't had the information that you'll get cured. Surely this has to account for something. I guess. It's very hard to think about it that way. I'm sure the end result is important, but so is how you got to it, you know? Pierre, Jane made a mistake. Let her make it right and prove to you that your fate, your fate together, it's not a mistake. I, I guess I owe her a chance. Absolutely. You know, how do I put this? Rarely fate gives us a soup and a spoon at the same time. We have to make the best with what we have. That's a nice way to think about it. Thanks, Max. Got any more questions for John and the uh, blue algorithm here? Mr. Smith alone and quit while I'm ahead. Thank you very much. <laughs> Probably for the best. See, it's a happy ending. John, what's the end goal here? What do you mean? Is the goal to one day simulate all future? Uh, what you're uh, effectively asking is, is the future finite? Is, is there an end of time? Well, is there? And if so, can you compute everything? Uh, uh, the best I can answer is... Uh, not yet, but eventually, probably yes. What happens when you do? I don't know. Maybe nothing. Maybe the universe crashes. Maybe we discover there is no universe. There is no universe? Well, I'm sure you considered the logical extension of what the blue algorithm indicates. The logical extension? Well, there is a possibility that the reason why the future can be simulated is because it is a simulation to begin with. Simulation? Are you saying that we're living in inside a program? No, what I'm saying is if that's true, we are a program. Okay, let's just say that's the case and we really live in a computer simulation. 
How could we even tell? Uh, for starters, look for optimization. Any computer always optimizes during rendering to save on processing. So for example, it's almost certainly expensive to meticulously render light particles in our world, which is why when nobody's prying, they're simply rendered as waves. Uh, another giveaway is the existence of absolute values, like maximum cold and, and maximum speed. You mean zero kelvins and speed of light? Again, characteristics of our known reality that don't really make sense if you think about it. But what if we want to get out of this simulation? Get out? Where? Well, uh, outside of it. There is no outside. I mean, maybe there is, but there is certainly no you outside. But what if we don't want to live like this? Well, uh, I guess the same thing you can do if you don't want to live now. If you ask me, you're being too dramatic about it. What difference does it make if underneath it all are atoms and neurons or bits and bytes? It makes a world of difference. I mean, literally. Before we get all nihilistic here, let's consider a much more important question. If all around us is indeed just a program, is there a programmer? Depends. Um, what do you mean by programmer? I mean, if this is a simulation, who is simulating us? Most probably, we are. <laughs> what? Why? Well, aren't we on the verge of creating AI? And aren't we kind of freaking out if it will kill us all? Well, one way of averting that would be to give the AI the experience of being human. To, to have it learn by, by simulating the history leading up to it. And by that, I mean all the history. The best way to do that would, would be to split the AI into billions of tiny pieces. To experience how it was to be a scared and hungry ape in the African savanna. To experience how it was to be Genghis Khan. How it was to be every one of Genghis Khan's victims. To experience love. To experience loss. To collectively experience everything. Simulating ourselves collectively would be a smart way to develop a wise and forgiving artificial intelligence that might just decide not to vaporize us the first chance it gets. So not only are we quite likely a simulation, it's likely we are AIs and, and we are living through the lead up to our own creation. Are you pulling our leg? The honest answer is, I don't know. With the current state of quantum computing, it is just not possible to get the answer. But but to be clear, what I said is, is the good scenario. So what's the bad scenario then? Maybe the people of the future are simulating freakish alternate timelines. For example, one in which Great Britain left the EU. Or, or perhaps our whole world is an environment to test different strains of diseases and vaccines for them. Or maybe we weren't planned at all. Maybe the goal of simulation is simply to simulate the universe from the Big Bang forward. Maybe life forms in this simulation are just a side effect. Great. So we are left behind in a reality where someone forgot to flick the off switch. Guys, 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 we are running out of time. And we should definitely hear from one more listener. Thanks, Natasha. John, try not to make this one cry if possible. <laughs> hey, don't blame this one on me. Hello? Who do we have calling us? And why are you crying? Maria? Juan's wife? I thought you went on a walk. I did. But I continued to listen to the show on my phone's radio. I didn't even know phones had a radio! Oh, I'm so sorry, Maria. 
I'm sure listening wasn't easy. Um, perhaps there's something else you could ask John's algorithm. Hey, I know you've been given a lot of pepper, but I'm sure there's some sugar in your future as well. And what is that? I shot the cheating bastard. <gasps> you shot one? Which is why I told him his relationships are going to end badly. Wait, you knew this and you didn't say anything? Hey, it was you two who told me to be less of a dick. Remember that bit about a, a wise man omitting stuff? So the reason you've been telling Jane she doesn't have an alternative to Pierre is because Juan is dead? Why the hell didn't you warn him? For the last time, it wouldn't have changed anything. He'd still get shot, and I'd still get blamed for it. Well, you are getting blamed for it. Which is, again, what I've been telling you. Raising the right hand or raising the left hand, remember? No matter what we do, the outcome is the same. We can return to this later. Right now, I have a more pertinent question for Maria. How the hell did you end up shooting your husband? <laughs> well, it's a funny story, actually. Is it? I told you I went for a walk, right? So, I was walking under this bridge, when all of a sudden, from the top of it, a bag full of guns got tossed. <sighs> Pierre, you idiot. It was then that I knew what I had to do. I mean, guns falling into my lap from the sky. This was definitely a sign. Oh, it's a sign, all right. It's a sign that Pierre is an idiot. Okay, okay, okay. Let's all take a deep breath here. Maria, shooting one I can understand. Not condone it, but definitely understand. What I cannot comprehend is, why are you telling us this? Because I'm in front of your studio, and I'm coming to get your little fortune teller, too. Your what? She's telling the truth. She'll be here in 30 seconds. Natasha, lock the door. There is no key. There is no key! It will take them too long to get here. Anybody listening to this, call the police! 15 seconds. Holy shit. Okay, everyone, stay cool. So, you must be John Smith. See, I don't have a fancy algorithm, but I knew that. Um, how's it going? <laughs> don't ask me that like you don't know. I mean, don't you know everything? Actually, no, I don't. It's not like I've got a too-long-didn't-read version of the future in front of me. John, you're making a classic mistake of confusing speaking with thinking. But you know what I'm here to do, right? Uh, if, if it was supposed to be a surprise reveal, you kind of spoiled it already. Oh, you're the right person to talk about spoilers. Maria, please. Don't you dare try to talk me out of this. Don't you see that this sleazy soothsayer doesn't give a flying fuck about any of us. He would literally sell our future to make a few bucks. He has to be stopped. Maria, wait. Wait. So the reason you want to shoot John is because you think the blue algorithm really works? Correct? Yes. Why don't we then ask the blue algorithm if you shoot him or not? I mean, if everything is preordained, the blue algorithm will tell you to shoot John if you really have to. Then all you have to do is not shoot him to prove the blue algorithm wrong, and that we are all in charge of our own destiny. Great idea. Go on, John. Tell her to shoot you. Guys, all of this is irrelevant. It doesn't matter either way. 
John, this is not the time to channel your inner three-eyed raven. Well, of course he's cool about all of this. Don't you get it? He had simulated his future in advance. The bastard knows what's going to happen. But wait, 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 wait. If he indeed did that, and he is so cool, wouldn't that imply he knows he doesn't die today? There you go. That means Maria doesn't shoot him, and this whole situation is resolved. Right, right. Problem solved. That is true. Beautiful. But I bet he doesn't know if I shoot one of the rest of you. <gasps> what? No, 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 no. Okay, Nostradamus. If you are so certain about your fate, take a look if I shoot Carrie, Max, or Natasha. Quospody. If I wanted to get shot, I would have moved to the United States. Quite frankly, I don't give a damn who I shoot. As long as someone gets shot. It just has to happen. But now you're promoting the same fatalistic philosophy as John. Nothing has to happen. That's what I'm telling you. It's precisely because this doesn't have to happen that I'm doing it. But wait, didn't you just say that it has to happen? Uh, pardon my intrusion. Since we are brainstorming here, is Maria shooting herself also a possible solution? Yes. Mm, yes, something. yes, yes. Like already. That. Look at you, yapping like the universe cares what any of us think. Regardless if I get killed or not, it doesn't matter. The blue algorithm will prosper either way. And why is that? Because I've set up a time-bound release of its complete code base in case I get incapacitated. Holy fuck. He set up a dead man switch. Dead man switch? What the hell are you talking about? It means that if I don't manually extend the time every 24 hours, the complete code repository of the blue algorithm will get uploaded to the internet, effectively making the blue open source. Which means anyone will have access to this technology. Raising the right hand, raising the left hand. Okay. Sure, the code will be released. So what? It doesn't mean that others will know what to do with it. After all, it's Mr. Prophet here who is the inventor. Actually, discoverer. You keep calling me a prophet, but, but the fact of the matter is that I am irrelevant. You see, if this is indeed a prophecy, it is a self-fulfilling one. And what do you mean by that? Think about it. If anyone can access the blue algorithm, then anyone can look up the end product. By that, I mean the blue algorithm as it looks in 5, 10, or even 50 years from now. And then they can simply copy-paste its future code into the present. When you think about it, you could say that blue is actually building itself. Like a computer scientist that was itself a super intelligent computer. You asked me why I named it the Blue Algorithm. The truth is I didn't. I just saw it was already called that. Well, this just further proves that you don't know what the hell you're doing. Maria, I know it sounds scary, and believe no, me, I- Carrie, don't you see? She may talk about decisions, but she has determined what she will do even before she walked in here. It's not the first time a big idea encountered small minds. Oh, for fuck's sake. Give me the gun. I'm gonna shoot him myself. Maria is simply playing her historical role. As am I. When you think about it, it's one of the oldest thoughts that have ever been written down. And which one is that? No man is a prophet in his own town. <laughs> so what are you saying? That we should just let her shoot you? And why do you think I came on this show? Right. So I guess it's settled then. Maria, don't do this. Leave Maria to do what she has to do. History is a foundry. What does it matter who of us is the anvil and who the hammer? 
Oh, I get it. That's why your surname is Smith. Oh, I... No, I... I didn't even realize that until now. That's just a fluke. Christ, can we just get on with this before I change my mind? I, I just want to say that just because I'm content with my destiny, it doesn't mean I'm looking forward to it. But, but, but as satisfied or not with the role that has been given to us, we must play our part. <sighs> All right, I'm ready. Oh, actually, uh, before you pull the trigger, just one more thing. Chairman Meow is hiding in the shed behind Mrs. Wheeler's house. She'll find him in two days. This episode of the program was made by ten people. Michael McCachran, Barb Sybil, Phil Sampson, Daria Tazbash, Martha Breen, Chris Peterson, Frank Salvino, Marlo K. Shaw, Christian Ledois and IMS. Visit ProgramAudioSeries.com for more details. The show is completely self-funded, which means we depend on your support to continue. So may we please suggest donating a dollar per episode you've listened to. After all, a podcast worth listening to is a podcast worth paying for. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 